Hello? <laughs> <laughs> that might be our best one to date. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really good. That was very authentic. Yeah, I appreciated it. So I hope everyone listening appreciated it as well. So how have you been, babes? I miss you. What have you been up to? Woo woo. I mean, I've been a little sick as a dog. I'll I'll tell you that much. But I mean, I'm just happy to be here with my bestie and my besties. And I'm excited. But please, you guys, give me some grace this week. I'm going to try to mute my microphone when I know I'm going to cough or something. But one or two little coughs might sneak out, but I will go get some medicine today and try and knock it out by next week. But I love you guys, and I just couldn't miss on talking to my favorite best friends. She's a trooper, guys. Like, Chloe, doing your work for the society. Like, I appreciate you being here. Like, thank you, and I hope you feel better soon. I hate that you're not feeling good, babes. It makes me well, sad. Well, honestly, I just hope... So, I think my mom caught whatever this is first, and she was just here visiting with us. And she got it really bad. Like, I just hope she feels better soon because she has been, like, she's over at my sister's house in Kansas now. So I said goodbye to her at the end of last week. But it's just, like, every time I call her, it's like she sounds progressively worse. And I just hate that. Oh, my goodness. I hate hearing her sounding like that. I've never heard her sound like this. Like, I'm not trying to be mean in any way. But the woman sounds like a bullfrog right now. Like, something (gasps) is really not good. Molly, that makes me sad. Well, I hope she feels better. It's just a whole thing. But I mainly feel bad that like Molly and I had such an amazing time together. And then she goes over to Nicole's and she's been sick and like having to rest and stuff like that the whole time. But it's okay because they've gotten many trips together, solo trips. This is my first one with Molly. So it was really important that we had a good time. And we sure did. That woman, Hurricane Molly came to Austin and it tore up the town. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. So fun. But what were you up to before that? Well, I've been doing a lot of cleaning, kind of just recovering from like hosting my mom for two weeks. I mean, we had such an amazing time, but anyone who hosted anyone before knows it is just kind of like it, like draining in a way just because you're trying to constantly make sure that that person or those people are taken care of, like entertained, feeling good, all those things. So I'm kind of just recovering from that and I've been sick. So I've been trying to take it easy. And I've also been trying to like limit myself on going out because if I am sick, I don't want to either make it worse or get other people sick. So I've just pretty much been staying home, job hunting, which isn't going well. Um, I got a tattoo with my siblings while they were here. We all got matching tattoos in the middle of a bar from a flash tattoo sale so that was pretty fun and it's healing pretty well you want to see here oh my god i love it this is the first time i'm seeing it being let healed me get up close let me give you up close oh my goodness chloe i really love that beautiful but i'm really just starting my sleeve so it's just the very start to my whole sleeve over there we'll definitely <laughs> post a picture on our instagram so everyone can see the new addition to the for sure to the body but i had like had this giant brunch at this really good like creole place um in downtown austin and then we went to the bars and i had had like a bloody mary and aperol spritz then we get to the bars i'm having beers you're really not supposed to get tattoos when you're drinking travis told me this my brother because it increases the blood flow to the area or like getting a tattoo increases your blood flow or some shit like that and so i was feeling it for sure and i was laying there on the tattoo bed like Which I was, like, so embarrassed that he made me lay down all the way on, like, my stomach on this little bed thing in the middle of a bar just to tattoo my arm, but whatever. 
um, I'm like laying there and I'm like, dude, I'm just going to let you know there's a very good chance I'm going to fall asleep <laughs> here while you're doing this because like I don't, tattoos don't hurt me at all. In fact, it's kind of like a, I mean, it's definitely, it doesn't like feel good, but I actually kind of like, like the feeling and it soothes me. So it doesn't really like hurt me or anything like that. I'm never wincing or being like, ow. So I was like, I'm so relaxed in the middle of this bar. I had turned my head away from the bar. So I'm just like facing the wall and I'm like, I'm just gonna take me a little nappy right here. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. We love a good matching tattoo. That's so cute. I know. And my brother got his behind his ear and it looks so much cooler. But I mean, for professional reasons, I didn't do that. But honestly, if I would have, I went first out of the three of my siblings. And if he would have gone first and put it there, I probably, especially after that many drinks, would have said fuck it and put it right there too because it looks so cool. Oh, but like now, oh, oh. now I have that tattoo bug again and I'm ready to get like 50 and I've been using henna pens to like tattoo all over myself and I've just been having a good old time. I love it. But I do have a little bit of bad news that I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about this on the pod or not, but the reason why I'm going to talk about it is because I want to preface it with, um, should something go bad in the future? anytime soon there is a there is a chance that there may be like an unexcused absence one weekend because my dog Libby who is my first dog ever is getting very sick and I just found out that she's been diagnosed with spinal cancer which is really devastating she's a boxer she is like 11 years old so she has already exceeded her lifespan but she is like the best sweetest dog most perfect dog in the world and I just wanted to get it out there so that maybe you guys can send my sweet little Libby girl some positive vibes, maybe some prayers if that's your thing. But I wanted to talk about it because if at any point my parents offer an opportunity for me to come home and potentially like say goodbye to her or something like that, I will take it. No questions asked, no hesitations. So that might mean that, you know, if that happens on like a weekend or something like that, that might mean that we might, might not be able to record on time. Also, I will be going into the deepest, darkest depression of my life when that happens. So we're just going to figure it out. Like, you know, I have no idea when that's going to happen. She might make it all the way to Thanksgiving when I go to see her for a planned trip. But I just wanted to put that on the horizon. If for some reason we do miss an episode, we will make it up later. We'll either release two episodes or do like a random release date in the middle of the week, something like that. But I just wanted to put it out there, you guys. I mean, everyone who has a dog knows that they really do become part of the family. And she has been like my little puppy, my sibling, like my best friend for 11 years. So when she goes, it's going to be very, very hard for me. And I just wanted to get that out there. And I hope you guys can send her some good healing vibes. The good news is I will say last thing on it. It doesn't appear that she's in a lot of pain. We think that the cancer is basically like eating her spinal cord slash nervous system a little bit. So like she basically just has no feeling or control over the backside of her body, but that's also got its own other issues. Like she can't control, you know, little accidents in the house and stuff like that anymore. And it's getting progressively worse. So I'm just, you know, sort of on pins and needles waiting to see what's going to happen or if my parents are going to help me like get home to see her or not. But moving on from that, cause that's sad and dark. Um, Garrett, tell me about your first week at work your first official week well before i get to that i just want to say i'm sending you the best energy chloe and i love you so much but moving on i have now finished my first two weeks of 
working. Like the last time we did a regular woo episode, it was like the day before I started. So I'm officially. Did you say two weeks? Yes. It's been two weeks? Yes, I worked all last week and all of this week, babes. Oh my god, my head is spinning. Yeah, so I'm officially, (laughs) I know, it's going super fast, but I mean, it's a lot. Like, this is my first, like, big boy job, so it was something I had to get used to, but I'm loving it. I love what I'm doing. It's exactly what I went to school for, so I'm learning a lot, which I love. Like, I've learned so much the past two weeks, and I'm just getting to know my coworkers, and other than that, I've just been, like, settling in still like getting to know my town my city um and yeah my favorite thing about working is my lunches so something i've started (laughs) doing is i do a little favorite thing too about your work week (laughs) so during my work week i have an hour lunch every single day and i work too far away to like go home for lunch so i've started doing this thing where i make my lunch every single morning and during lunch, I film a little vlog for all my Snapchat besties and review my lunch and tell everyone what I made and if I like it or if I hate it. And it's just a little thing that I do to get me through the week, like no big deal. But other than that, like I've been doing good. Like I've actually been doing really good. Like I'm so happy and yeah, I'm just like enjoying learning and asking questions and we'll kind of get more into first day of work later on in the episode. Wink, wink. But yeah, everything is good with <laughs> everything is good with me, and yeah. Well, I also look forward to Garrett's midday lunch reviews every single day, especially the ones where he's like, "Got something boring today, just a PB and J." It just cracks me up for some reason. But you've inspired me because on my grocery list for this week, I am getting tortillas because you've been being very creative with your tortillas lately, <laughs> and I'm excited to try some of your ideas. But. Um, I'm just really proud of you. It's really cool seeing like occasionally Garrett will send me a little Snapchat or something of like his office because he has a freaking (laughs) office. Like how badass is that? And it's just like crazy for me to see like my little kid brother out there doing the damn thing. Like I love it. It's crazy for me too. Like I honestly like when I'm going to work, I'm like, what am I doing right now? Like this is I'm in like a simulation. This isn't real. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also just so cool. Like Garrett's been sending me a ton of pictures and videos of like, like he said, stuff he's doing to explore his new city. And it all looks amazing. Like I can't wait to be able to go visit sometime. Like I'm so, so excited. I cannot wait. I can't wait. Like I cannot wait to see my freaking best friend already. I cannot wait. That's what's actually getting me through work. Like, I just like, I know I'm going to be seeing seeing Chloe soon. So it's getting me through. But yeah, and honestly, I'm just doing all this exploring so I can get my itinerary for us when you come. So I can like make exactly. sure if it's good or not. Like, does it make the list or not? Well, I've been doing the same thing for when you come and visit. And I have some exciting news that I haven't told you yet. And I haven't been there yet. I don't know if Mitchell will ever want to go with me because it's not as much his thing. But I know you would want to. There's this really cool art museum in downtown Austin that I am dying to go to. And they have these freaking incredible, like, limited time um, exhibits that come and go sometimes. And I just found out that on Tuesdays, admission is free. So we're going to have to have you come. I mean, we'll pay to go if you're only here for a weekend or something. But I want you to be able to come for a week sometime or something so that we can really dive into everything. I'm so excited. Like, 
first off, you know I love a good art museum, but also just right, like, babes, tell I, me about it. Tell me about it, babes. But I'm so excited to see you and uh yeah, I'm just glad that we're doing good and we both love our cities. So that makes me so yeah. happy. Which speaking of things that we love, Chloe, what have you been obsessed with, love? Well, I'm officially on the crappy Lake Roni train. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm ooh, obsessed ooh. with both. I have to say Crappy Lake is definitely my fave between yes. the two. But I watched Roni last night and I'm hooked. They got that ooh, they got their teeth sunk in me. Line the thinker. But um Crappy Lake, I don't remember if Garrett said this on the podcast or if he said it to me privately, but Crappy Lake is like this perfect combination of like the simple life mixed with like obviously Real Housewives slash like Ultimate Girls Trip because it kind of has a little bit of that feeling too, Mm -hmm. just mixed with like chaos and like two old privileged women who are just (laughs) fucking up this small town and it's it's so good like you guys really should especially if you just want something kind of light and goofy to watch you should go watch that it's very entertaining and it killed me because like I said my mom was just here for a few weeks and it was reminding me so much of my mom when I was watching crappy lake because these two women come to this small town they get put up in this small little like motel I guess you could call it like this place is a dump but they get there and they're like buying new furniture new bedding knew this knew that towels like they've purchased everything to like kit out their places like clothing racks all these things to make sure that they'll be comfortable for their time there i'm in my bedroom right now i still haven't taken down the clothing rack that my mom bought so that she would have somewhere to put her clothes (laughs) like she did the exact same thing when she came here she's like um well, I need an ironing board because I need to iron my clothes. So I'm just going to buy one and leave it here. Like all these crazy things. Like I'm never going to use a freaking ironing board. Like I have a steamer, Why would I? <laughs> but now I have one and it's just like cracking me up. The similarities there. Cause like, I guess once you get to a certain age and a certain tax bracket, you will do whatever it takes to make sure you're comfortable, which I can respect that. You know, I can too. Yeah. I'm so happy that you enjoyed both of those and they're kind of both in their early stages of the season. So we can now like watch together like every Sunday. And yes. And I'm ready. And we were just talking about this last night. I'm so excited to have like, it's been a long time since I've had like weekly release shows to look forward to. And I'm so excited to have, like, Sunday nights to look forward to. What was it you told me comes out on Wednesdays? Orange County with Vicky and Tamara. Okay, so I need to get onto that one so that I can have a Wednesday night show, two Sunday night shows, and then on Friday, at least until the end of the summer, I've got The Summer I Turn Pretty to watch, which I'm obsessed with. Like, we'll talk about that later, besties, because Garrett doesn't watch, but I'll do, like, a little private video for you guys or something. <laughs> but... I'm obsessed, and I have a new show that I've been watching that I am also freaking obsessed with, Garrett. I don't think you would like this one, so I'll just get that out there. Like, I don't think this one's for you, but I'm so into it. Obviously, I'm very late to this train. I know that. Like, everyone listening, if you've already watched it, you're going to be like, I watched that, like, three years ago. But I'm finally watching Yellowstone. The main reason, like, was because Mitchell and I had been struggling to find something to watch together because... You know, he's a straight white guy. He doesn't really want to watch Crappy Lake and Roni with me, but he does. Uh, he, watch, he, watched uh, <laughs> he watched Roni with me last night. But Yellowstone is something that we can both watch together. We've been enjoying it. It's also cool because it takes place in Montana and his dad has a cabin in Montana. So, like, 
it's just got like some sort of like nostalgia to it or I don't know it's making me want to go visit his dad's cabin so bad like and the the ranch that they live on is beautiful there's so much drama like there's so many minutes where or moments where I'm just like what <laughs> oh my god for anyone who's watched it before comment or tell me who your favorite characters are because it's kind of one of those shows where you can't really figure out who's a good guy and who's a bad guy which I love but I can tell everyone right now Beth Dutton is my freaking girl she is such a wild crazy badass and everything she does I'm just like oh <laughs> well that's so funny because all of my family is obsessed with Yellowstone like Kathy and Brad watch it like every Sunday when it comes out like my parents are obsessed so it is very popular but like you said it's not my cup of tea but I mean obviously it's a good show because like everyone is obsessed with it so I, I mean I think like Garrett I think if Garrett were to watch it he would enjoy it but I just don't see him like getting into it or like wanting to go back to it that much you know like mm. if I was if we lived in the same place and I forced you to sit and watch it with me like you'd be entertained but I don't see you going home and then watching it at your own place by yourself you know what I mean yeah yeah I got you I felt that but I love so some new shows everyone let us know if you've ever seen Yellowstone get into it and other than that um I've been obsessed with my Nespresso maker my mom and dad got it for me for Christmas and I don't really drink coffee like that, so at first I was kind of, like, confused why they thought to get it for me, but now I'm like, thank God, especially once I start my full-time big girl job to have, like, listen, folks, if you haven't tried it yet, an espresso cup of coffee is not the same as a cup of coffee. Like, it's better. It's, like, comes out like a fucking latte every time. It's frothed and thick and beautiful, tastes so much better, and... I've been on that shit, so that's what I'm drinking right now. <laughs> and other than that, I'm just really excited. I'm not going to get into this because secrets and surprises, but the main thing that I'm obsessed with is making plans for my future to see my people. I've got a few different trips and plans coming up, different things, um, lots of surprises and secrets on the horizon. So stay tuned. We love it. <laughs> You tell me what you are so obsessed with this week. Okay, so I have been obsessed with a few things. So I want to start off with our girl, Lana Del Rey. She's been in the news recently. You may or may not have seen it. But the first thing I have to touch on is Lana is currently doing a tour, which this tour is unique because she is on tour, but she just like keeps adding dates like sporadically whenever she wants and like random yeah. different places. Like It's like not a super like published pre-planned tour it's kind of like a low-key like chill tour which is very cool she's like if you know you know it's like a week before the concert she'll release the tickets and like if you make it, you make it if you don't you don't like be there so i'm obsessed with that but one thing in particular is her hair she's going back to the her old style of like beehives she has like bows and ribbons and diamonds on her hair and it just throws me back to like early lana and she just looks so good. Like, she's in her element. She's on the summer stage in her sundresses. And that's really where Lana thrives. This is really her element. And she hasn't been touring in, like, a few years, like, since COVID. So I'm loving that. But the main thing I have to touch on is Lana is literally camp. Like, this is mm -hmm. camp. Like, this mm -hmm. is full camp. So Lana this has is been... iconic. 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 Like, iconic. So 
Vana is literally the most random bitch I know, I swear to God. So she, if you listen to our album review of Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard, when we were talking about Paris, Texas, she goes into different locations, specifically Florence, Alabama, because like Paris, Texas, so she was like using that kind of lingo. And she made a stop in Florence, Alabama, and our girl was working at the Waffle House. Now, when I first saw this, I was like, what is like Lana doing? Like, she's being silly. But no, babe, she was fully there, like, serving people. She was singing the national anthem with this older guy. She was pouring coffee, taking pictures with the fans. She had her little name tag with Lana on it, her little outfit. And this just reminds me of, like, ride era, like, the paradise, <laughs> like, before, like, fame. Like, she just is so humble to me. Like, she just, like... She's getting back to her roots. Yeah, like, she's... Florence, Alabama, like, babe, that's, like, the size of where we're from, Chloe. Like, yeah. it's nothing. So it's just so random, but I love it. And she was recording music there. There's, like, this studio where Cher recorded music. So she was recording music while she was there, which is exciting. But I just had to touch on that because that's camp. It also reminds me in a different way, but it also reminds me of a telephone music video when they're in the diner because it's just giving me like to see a celebrity like working in a diner it's just so funny and i do want to say like when i said she's getting back to her roots obviously well if you really know lana you know that she grew up wealthy like she wasn't ever like working in a waffle house growing up but what i mean by getting back to her roots is like you said the the ride era like i really think in her head lana sees herself more as like one of us like an average person like just a normal ass like day-to-day -day worker kind of thing so maybe she just wanted that human experience i live for it like that's so good like that's so good so and who else is doing that like that's so unique and special like it's so cool and like i don't think she was doing it for press or anything like she's not, not on social media a lot she's not like p posting on her social media like i'm at the waffle house like no she's she was probably about it. just in florence being like well what do we do there's only a walmart mcdonald's and a waffle house here let's go to waffle house and fuck around and find That's out so fun and her brother and sister were with her and it's just like, like i would literally shit myself if i went to a waffle house and saw alana del rey behind the counter like that same and <laughs> since you since you mentioned her sister, I just want to say, I won't be able to like quote this exactly, but I just watched a TikTok that was a little snippet from an interview with Lana. And I think I sent it to you. I might not have, but basically it was Lana talking about how like growing up, her sister was always the fashion icon. And she used to get mad at Lana and be like, I swear to God, if you become famous and become a fashion icon, like I'll never speak to you again because all like, as Lana said herself, all she ever used to wear would be denim and like white shirts like denim and a white t-shirt that was her signature look but once she sort of started gaining some fame and gaining this like character of lana del rey this persona she was like i need to start dressing for the persona for the songs like what would the person in these songs be doing and wearing and so she started wearing sundresses for the first time i.e the ride era um, doing the beehive hair, more glamorous, like old school glamour. And I'm just obsessed that she's going back to it now because I love Lana no matter what, but the beehive and when she like glams up, it's unmatchable. Like no one else can reach that level. And she's also equally as iconic and badass to be able to like have her cover of an album, just her standing there in a white t-shirt with a black strapless bra. like. 
so basic, so simple, but it still stands out. But then on the other hand, you get like these other iconic images of her on thrones or with gators with like bees all over her, stuff like that. So she can really do it all. Like she can do no wrong. Iconic, legend, glamour, all of it. I'm obsessed with Lana Del Rey. So I had to tell you guys about that. But now I have to touch on this. The American Horror Story trailer for the new season, Delicate, came out. I'm really intrigued because I've noticed that American Horror Story has changed in the past seasons where they used to like have a really narrow theme, which I loved. Like it was Coven, it was Asylum, it was Freak Show. Like it was very something like set in stone. Whereas I think in the more recent years, they're going more broad. Like last season was New York City. And now this is delicate. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I thought we'd be, like, going to, like, hospital or, like, something just, like, more specific, you know? So I'm intrigued to see this season. I have high hopes because I love American Horror Story. So I'm really hoping that it pulls through. Now, it's not going to be coming out until the beginning of the year, most likely, because of the writer's strike and now the actor's strike, which we fully support. So I totally get it. But I'm really excited and really intrigued to see what Kim Kardashian does. Like, we get the first visuals, and the visuals are really, like... How do you describe it? Like, spooky. Like, just strange, kind of creepy, intriguing, I would say. I'm, like, intrigued about Kim Kardashian being in it, but I'm also, like, I won't lie, I'm, like, a little bit disappointed because I'm, like, like, I'm just sick of the Kardashians. But, like, and I just don't want her getting more hype for anything, basically. Um, I feel like it would have, there are so many other people. Like, when Noah Cyrus came on, I was, like, okay, this fits. It makes sense. It's cool. And she's not, like, a mega celebrity so it was just cool for her to get that opportunity and I feel like Lana Del Rey would have been a better choice or like Lady Gaga which we've already had but like invite her back exactly <laughs> something like that I don't know but I I'm agree. excited to see what's gonna what they're gonna do with it it just seems like a strange choice to me but moving on <laughs> moving on from that moving um, right along some exciting news that we actually are super excited about a new documentary about Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett titled The Lady and the Legend will be released this September on Paramount Plus and it's going to be a documentary going back until I believe 2013 when Art Pop was going on which was a Lady Gaga album and it's going to be like showing Lady Gaga and Tony's relationship and sadly Tony Bennett passed away a few days ago and that's really sad and I know Lady Gaga is probably taking this really hard so thoughts and prayers to the Bennett family but exciting news because I'm excited to see the behind the scenes and I love the documentary and we're going to be getting two documentaries the Chromatica and now the Lady and the Legend so that's super exciting but sad news at the same time because rest in peace Tony. But what a legend, and I know, like, Lady Gaga probably looks at it like, you know, what an honor it was to be able to know him and spend the time with him, even if it came to a sad ending. But also, Tony Bennett was struggling with health issues, so we all we can hope now is that somewhere his soul is at peace, and he's not confused or wondering what's going on anymore. He's just watching happily. Exactly. Somewhere. Now, we have something kind of exciting and something new that we haven't had yet. We have a listener question. Mm-hmm. And 
it's really a multifaceted question. So we're going to dive into it and really break it down. But this question is from Mary, our number one listener, and she wants to know, do you think all of the artists that you cover wrote all of their songs based on factuals, just telling a story or a little bit of both? Do you research that as well or just have fun trying to figure it out? And she also wants to know how many of the songs or like albums that you've covered do you think the artists actually wrote themselves? Love that. That was another part of it. So that's a great question and I love that we're starting to do this. If anyone has any questions, please send them in on the Instagram EFBF podcast. So first off, I want to say that I believe it's a little bit of both, obviously, Mm -hmm. but going into these albums, these are some of our favorite artists and all of our artists, I believe, do pull from factual events. And I say that because I love watching interviews with our favorite artists, especially like Lana, Gaga, Noah, Miley, like all the big ones that we're really obsessed with. And especially I love watching Zane Lowe interviews and he's a musical producer, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but he's on Apple Music and he does these really, really good interviews when new albums come out with the artist. And he goes into like each of the songs and they really tell behind the scenes of like thoughts and how they got into like the specific mode or whatever so i believe that it's a little bit of both and i kind of pull from the thoughts of what they've said previously before or like when we see them in concert like they could have touched on a specific song or you just kind of like no like kind of an example i have is like lana del rey talking in like fingertips about Mm -hmm. she's like actually like spilling out just like things that i just don't think people would make up you know what i mean so i kind of use like context clues and kind of know the person's past but it really is a mix of both which i enjoy so what's your opinion on that chloe so first of all i just want to address the part of the question like how many of these songs do you think the artists write themselves and i want to start by saying if you guys are interested in that we can absolutely list the writers of the songs as we go through it In fact, that's probably something we should be doing anyways. So going forward, we could definitely do that. Um, A lot of the artists that we listen to are very active in the writing process of their own songs. Now, a lot of the time there's a writing team and that can be a team of like three and that could be a team of like 10 people. Most of the songs we listen to don't have teams that big. It's usually kind of a small, tight group of like three or four people working on them. But a lot of the songs that we've covered have been solely written by the artist who has sung them. And like I said, if you guys are interested in knowing these details, we can absolutely include them going forward because it is important to give them credit. And honestly, we probably should be doing that anyways, just because they deserve it. Um, However, and, and for me, I appreciate music more when I know that the artist who's singing it wrote it. However, there are so many people out there who do like famous covers of other people's songs or like sample other people's work or um, a lot of times like celebrity singers will write songs specifically for other people's voices and for other people like that happens and as long as it's people sharing their art happily and sharing it and giving credit and all that stuff I'm happy for it because at the end of the day like we get to benefit from the art one way or another so Ultimately, that's kind of how I feel about it, but it does, there is something special about listening to a song that the artist wrote and then created and then produced and all of the stuff on their own. It's, it's really cool. Um, moving on to the second part of the question, do I think that all of the artists cover, or do I think that all of the artists 
wrote their songs about factual events or telling a story or a little bit of both. I definitely agree with Garrett. I think it's a little bit of both, but it also, that's a difficult question because you really have to break it down like song by song. There are certain songs that I think are totally just made up, sounds good, like has something like also these are artists. So I think a lot of the time they could just come up with a little sentence or a little phrase or something and then just run with it. We all know that Rhiannon by Stevie Nicks with Fleetwood Mac was written because she was in a cafe or a restaurant one day and her waitress's name was Rhiannon and she was like, Rhiannon, that's such a pretty name, that's special. And then she just wrote one of the most famous songs based off of that little tiny moment. So I really think a lot of the artists that we listen to write songs about factual events or events in their life um, because that makes the, the art more meaningful in my opinion. And like Garrett said, a lot of the artists that we've covered are people that we're personally interested in. So sometimes when we're listening to the song, it just makes sense that it would be about that certain thing. Like we've got Miley songs that just have to be about Liam or, you know, we've got Noah songs that are really about her struggles with drug addiction, um, things like that. And then like last um, deep dive that we did about Harry Styles, Garrett was telling everybody about how the sign of the times was about this specific event of a mother like dying during childbirth. That's been confirmed from Harry Styles that that was his idea. So that's just a story that he based it on, but it's been confirmed that that's what he said he based it on. Exactly. Um, but we like to try and do some of the research. Like if we can find out details that make it feel more factual or like a story that they created, we try to tell you guys that, but a lot of it too is just us sort of analyzing and inferring based on what we know. Yeah. And obviously like our inferences and our like analysis is just our opinion. You can disagree with it, of course. And if you do disagree and you've got reasons to disagree, like let us know because we'd be interested to know what you're thinking about it. Um, but we just enjoy going through and sort of guessing what do you think this is about? What could this be? And it's so subjective. And a lot of the times like Garrett and I, when we're talking about these songs, we'll see a certain line two different ways. And then we enjoy like learning how the other person sees it and open it like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. That could be it too. Mm -hmm. You know, like when we talked about Harry Styles, there was a lot of times where I was saying like, this has got to be about a married woman. I have no idea if that's true, but it just feels right to me. <laughs> So it is a little bit of both, um, but we do try to research as much as we can. I will say like we do sort of look into things on our own before we record the podcasts. We read articles. We watch interviews. Like Garrett said, Garrett's always been really, really on it with like he enjoys watching celebrity interviews on YouTube and things like that. So he really does have more of a knowledge base on that kind of thing than I do. But we also do really have fun trying to figure it out. And that's kind of the fun of like a poem or an art project. And when I was in like high school, going through like poetry in English class was one of my favorite segments. Cause when you go through like line by line and try to paraphrase it or try to annotate it and learn like, what could this mean? It's really enjoyable to me to see that like one sentence or one line in a song or whatever it might be could have so many different meanings. So, and ultimately songs are poetry. So it's really just fun for us. I mean, this is not the best answer to the question because the answer is basically like a little bit of everything, but we do research beforehand. Um, if we do 
find any facts like with Garrett with the sign of the time song we will let you know and then yeah. if we ever find something out later and need to correct ourselves and come on here and be like guess what Miley just released none of this was about Liam it was all about a different man something like that you know we'll tell you but then there's there's other things that we know like with Miley and Liam she rented his their old house that he currently owns to record and produce her music videos and all of that stuff so it's like it's not that far of a reach for us to assume that that's what it's about. You know? Exactly. We put the context clues together for you guys. Yes. And like, but like she said, like, it's really just fun for us. And sometimes we just, it's our opinions. Like, this is like what we think happened. So it's a little bit of both, but such a great question. And I appreciate you sending it in. We love you so much. So we, moving on, Chloe, what song have you been obsessed with this week? Okay, so this song, Mitchell actually showed it to me. He learned it from like a friend or someone that he was working with in California when he was just recently there for a training program. And it's called Sex, Drugs, Etc. by Beach Weather. And Garrett, I really want you to listen to this song. I think you'll really like it. It reminds me so much of like the neighborhood, um, like old neighborhood music or, I mean, that's really what it gives me. I'm trying to think something else, but like that song, I can't remember what it's called, but the one where it's like, with the holes of your sweater. Do you know? Yeah, but I don't know the name of it, but I know what you're talking sweater about. Sweater weather, sweater weather. Gotcha. It gives me sweater weather vibes, like the neighborhood, stuff like that. And it's just really good. I love it for the summer. And it's like, I just keep putting it on in the background and being like, okay, this is chilling me out. Like it's a very chill vibe. So I'm obsessed and I hope you listen to it. I love that. I've been in the same vibe, Chloe. So... Chloe's mentioned before that we have this chill playlist that we both listen to and I've been doing some like research for it like trying to find some new songs which I love so I go to like different playlists and stuff to try to find new artists that I don't know so I found this new artist that I love they are called Wet Leg and I love their song Wet Dream it's so good and this whole album um is amazing i believe the album's wet leg like by wet leg kind of like harry styles was so i recommend to go get that whole album a listen it's really fun and yeah i'm in the same vibe chloe like i'm just loving a chill vibe like because i drive to work i have a, like a commute so i'm loving the chill vibes in the morning and yeah that's what i've been listening to so everyone go give our songs a listen well, once you listen to Sex, Drugs, Etc., I think you're going to want to add it to the chill playlist. I love it. So moving on, we've got a, a fun little main course for you today, and hopefully it'll be informative or useful for somebody listening, because Garrett and I are both in a new season of life. We are going through job searches, interviews, first days at work, things like that, starting our career portion of our life. So... We thought today it might be good to sort of talk about it, give our tips and tricks, what we've learned through the process. Both Garrett and I have applied to lots and lots of jobs. We have both interviewed for lots and lots of jobs. Um, Garrett just started his big job now. My big girl job starts in December, so I'm gonna be, I'm currently applying to like things like Target to just find something to get me by until December, but something not too serious so that I can still take my trips and go see my people, you know what I mean? I love it. So we're both sort of going through that right now. And we just figured we might have some tips that could help some of our besties because we all want everyone to succeed and find the perfect job for them and to feel confident. And if we've got anything that we can share for you, then that's what we want to do. 
Exactly. This is really hard and I don't think enough people talk about it because we both have recently graduated and like this is a big jump, like basically becoming an adult and I don't think there's enough there's not enough people out there talking about it to like actually be real with you and teach you about this because in school they don't tell you what to do after college so it's really hard so any advice that we have that could help I'm so excited to give and I want to start off with talking about job search like looking for a job that right there is a whole monster itself so my biggest advice is watch out for scammers there's mm -hmm. so many people that will send you fake interviews fake jobs so you have to be mm -hmm. prepared for that watch out for like indeed's a great website but be careful because some of those are scammers so mm -hmm. just have to be look and maybe apply for on the website go to the website and see if the job's currently listed see if they're even like a real website just you have to do yeah, a maybe of research like back check by googling the website in general and just see what comes up or the company name in general see what comes up and also like Garrett's kind of saying like if something seems like it's too good to be true then it probably is and if you have to pay to apply somewhere that's not right either like that's not it that's not how it works like Chloe just said we have applied to a lot of jobs like guys and for me an embarrassing amount like it was so hard to find a real job so my biggest advice for where to apply for a job would be LinkedIn. I had the most catches with that. Like I had the most interactions with my profile, with getting jobs, being able to like directly message the job listing. It was really helpful. And in my opinion, just I had the best results from that, like from using any of the other ones, because also they like, once you put your email into one of these places, your email is going to be flooded. So I made an email just for getting a job what was your experience with that that's a really good point i just want to bounce off the like separate job search email so i think that's really 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 smart and also once you get a job you can delete all of those other emails unsubscribe to all of those other like brands and then that email can specifically be your work email like your personal work email so that when your boss or whoever needs to contact you they can contact that email address. Now you may get a separate email address for the company once you start, that could be a possibility too, but I really like the advice of keeping a separate email account. And that also makes it easier that you know exactly where you need to go every single day to check for updates. Exactly. Um, so I have had, I enjoy LinkedIn. It's not always my favorite because I've also seen some sort of scammy things on LinkedIn too, I have to say like, a lot of the times those hybrid jobs and um, work from home jobs on LinkedIn or anywhere are just not real. Yeah. And just keep an eye out for that because people after COVID, people want employees back in an office. So it's really hard to find a work from home job, especially if you don't already have like 10 plus years of experience in that industry. So keep keep that in mind because it seems like the easiest thing to go out and find a work from home job. It is not. And you will waste you will waste a lot of time applying to only those jobs. Like, yes. I'm just gonna be real with you. That's really good advice, Chloe, because like you said, they're not gonna want someone working hybrid fresh out of college because you have so much to learn still. So unless you have many years of experience or like that's specifically in your field, like you're designed to work from home, it's not gonna happen. Like I thought I had like a great chance at graphic designer. No babes, like hard. Like don't even, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't waste my time with it right now for, yeah. for sure. That's how I feel about it. So I do enjoy LinkedIn. I do look at Indeed probably more than anything else, but now I've done it so much that I can kind of like 
look for those scams and ignore them when I see them. But I also sometimes will just do like a Google search. However, uh, my best advice would be to try to find the jobs that you're interested in. And then kind of like Garrett said, go to the company website to apply. Yeah. I think that you will get more results by going to the company website at almost every website at the bottom of the page. If you scroll all the way down, there will be a tab called careers or work with us or something like that click that, that's where you should apply because I think that most places hire from their own website as opposed from things like Indeed. Because if you think about it, especially if you're applying to like a big company or a corporation, they're probably getting thousands of applications a day. So that's just one step to get you a little closer to whoever's actually going to be going through those applications. And a lot of the time, it's a computer system that's sifting through those applications. It's not even a real person. So another thing that you can do is if you find a job that you really actually want, you can go to their website, do some research and find keywords that are in their mission statement in their company culture page, anything like that, and insert those keywords into your resume. And honestly, like it's such a pain in the ass. Applying to jobs takes so much time. Like one application can take upwards of 45 minutes. But if you really are serious about finding a job and you want one, then the truth of the matter is you kind of have to tailor your resume every single time. I also always have a cover letter and that is something that I have a template for. And then again, I tailor it to each and every application. Mm -hmm. If you get an interview, immediately after the interview, send an email to thank them for their time and thank them for the opportunity to interview. Some companies will not even call you back unless you thank them for their interview. Yeah. And especially if you're genuinely interested in a specific job, really do your research. Go to their company page and read all of the information. Like I know it's a lot, but you will find things there that will stick out to you to be like, hmm, maybe I'm not so sure about this or to be like, this is perfect and it really aligns with me. And then you can go and use those things later when you're in the application process or the interview process. So really do your research because they're gonna be doing their research on you. So just keep that in mind. Be prepared for tricky questions because sometimes like a question will be asked and it they're not really looking for your answer in a black and white kind of way. They're trying to like decipher what kind of personality you are based on your answer. So when you get a question that feels tricky or you're not sure how to answer it, when in doubt, be honest and be true to yourself because you will not help yourself or the company by like lying or making something up. You know, if they're asking you like, tell me about a time when you had a conflict with someone in management or someone above you. Yeah. Just be honest and like talk about that because obviously that's an uncomfortable question. And if you answer and say like, I've never had a problem with a single boss or manager, then that's going to tell them, okay, this person is like a liar, not, in, <laughs> not in, <laughs> a liar, not involved, not willing to like. I don't know, push the boundaries. I don't know. I've never been in the interview, like the interviewer, but they're looking for certain character traits. They're looking for certain answers. They're looking for certain things and just be true to yourself and honest because at the end of the day, you don't want to work somewhere that's not right for you anyways. So like be yourself as much as you can be because ultimately you're interviewing them for the potential of a work option as much as they're interviewing you as a potential candidate. Like you don't have to work there just because you've interviewed there. 
And a lot of times I've interviewed at places and within the first 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I don't want to do this, but you continue the interview. Don't ever like walk out of an interview unless something actually like really bad or really wrong happens. So you don't want to blow them off or seem unprofessional and then go apply for this next job that you really, really want. And then find out that those two companies are in close contact in some kind of way, or maybe this CEO and the CEO are best friends and their kids have grown up together. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, that, that kid was very unprofessional and dismissive. So I don't think you should hire them. You know, you just never know. That's all good advice, Chloe. Two things I want to like elaborate on even more is be confident because like Chloe said, you want to work for them. Like you don't want to go to a job that you hate. Like don't be scared to ask the questions. And that leads me into be prepared for certain questions. And I mean, don't have a script, but just be like, kind of like have a Rolodex of what you're going to say. Like, for example, everyone's going to be asking like, what's your weakness? What is your strength? Tell me about yourself. Just how do you handle high pressure situations or how would you handle this situation? Exactly. Like Like generic questions that you can just Google, like what are interview questions? Cause you're going to get asked questions. Now, obviously you're going to have to be prepared for something like a tricky question. Like you're not gonna be able to know everything, but just don't go in there blind. Like, Oh, like I don't have to know anything. Like just have a kind of an idea of what you're going to say about some stuff. And also during this process, don't give up on job searching. It's stressful. It's a lot of work. You're going to interview a lot. You're going to be like, why does no one want me? Like, am I just like Mm -hmm. the shittiest person ever? It's not personal. It just, everything happens for a reason and you'll get where you need to go. But guys, like you're going to apply to a lot. You're going to interview a lot. And also something that I've noticed is you're going to do a lot of interviews virtually, especially if you're trying to over the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like there might be only one or two in-person interviews. Like once you get through the process, because a lot of them, there's a lot of people wanting jobs right now. So they have a lot of candidates, so they don't have time to be interviewing everyone in person. So be prepared for that because it is different being virtual versus in person. So you just kind of, kind of have to learn what works for you. But yeah, that's my biggest advice is just like, don't give up. It's stressful. It's hard for everyone. So yeah, that's my biggest I want to touch on a couple of those things that Garrett just said. So for one, right off the bat, the virtual interviewing thing, that's very, very true and very real for these days. I will say one thing. So I did a lot of my job searching for Austin from Georgia, and I will say it is harder to get a job when you're not in that state yet. People don't, yes. one of the main reasons is people don't want to pay for a relocation package. Even if you're not expecting one, they are expecting you to ask for one. Um, they want, they might want someone who can work right away, things like that. So if you have decided like, I want to live here and find a job here, see what you can do to save up money in your hometown, get there. And then your job search might be easier once you're already there. Um, for instance, like with my job that I'm starting in December, once I got to a certain point in the virtual interviewing process, at the end of one virtual interview, he was like, okay, can you be in this week to the office? Now, if I would have said, no, I can't because I'm in Georgia, that could have hindered my possible outcome that I that I have. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, it's not like a hard and fast rule because people hire people out of state all the time, but it's just something to be aware of. And if you're applying out of state and finding that you are not getting any luck whatsoever, that could be one of the reasons why. Now, another thing that I want to touch on that is very, very important 
And I think a lot of people have this common sense, but then a lot of people just don't. With these virtual interviews, you have to treat it as if you were talking to them in person in real life. You have to be just as professional as you would be in a real interview when you're in their office. So first things first, make sure your lighting is good. Make sure it's quiet in your apartment. Make sure that no one else is gonna be at the house at the time because even hearing like voices in the other room, it's distracting. Dress professionally. Like some of the basic tips that I have for acting professionally will be like, make sure your phone is put away at all times. Unless they ask you to get your phone out for something, which has happened to me in interviews where an interviewer has said, okay, get your phone out and pull up your calculator app because we're talking about, you know, payment and stuff like that. That's different. But for the most part, phone away, like not even in sight, no chewing gum, be present and focused, come prepared with questions and answers and do your research. Dress professionally. Now I'm going to get into that in more of a separate section, but even if you have very, very little money, you can dress professionally. When I applied to a company that makes some of the most beautiful tailored suits in the world, I showed up wearing an $8 suit jacket that I had just thrifted from Goodwill because I don't have the job yet. I don't have the income yet, but I'm going to show up professionally and make sure it's nice. You know, obviously, especially if you're thrifting, you got to look out for stains and holes and all that kind of stuff. But the jacket that I got at Goodwill for $8 was brand new with tags on it. So, you know, you can do that. And if you have to borrow from somebody, borrow from somebody, but do not show up without putting your best foot forward. Cause you're just, you're hindering your own possibilities and your own chances. And I know that every one of our besties listening have so many positive attributes. You guys are smart. You're intelligent. You've got so much to offer. You don't want what you're wearing to be the thing to like stop those opportunities and it's shitty that it is that way but that's just the way that the world works you just have to read the room know what you're applying for again that goes into doing your research and i like to sort of dress the part for the job you know like i bought this suit jacket from goodwill for this one interview but for other interviews for different jobs i'm a little more casual yet still professional yes tj maxx is a really good place to look for stuff like that because it's in my opinion, affordable, but they also have a lot of options. They've got a lot of good professional sections, even like Target, like I'm sure even Walmart, you could find something professional on a budget, you know? Thrifting is a really good way to do that though. It's always better to be overdressed than underdressed, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. So just always put your best foot forward because this is also your first impression to them. So you don't wanna, they don't know you. You're just like on a piece of paper. So always just go above and beyond just like the little things matter in my opinion. Like they're they're looking for the little details to make you stand out. And you wanna wear something that you'll feel comfortable in as well, because like people can tell if you're uncomfortable in what you're wearing. So if like you just feel really, really uncomfortable, try another outfit, try another look. Just do your research, kind of read the Mm -hmm. room. You're a bestie, so obviously you guys, we trust you, but just keep all these little things in mind and now I want to move on to let's just say you get the job and it's your first day my biggest advice would be to ask questions if you have a question because they would rather you ask so you do it right and learn than do it wrong and mess something up and have to redo it and then do it again because yeah they're not there to tear you down they want you to succeed they're you're a part of the business now so just keep they're that in mind expecting the questions too and they're expect like it's the same as it's always been on your first day of school the first day you get there you don't know where everything in the classroom is you don't know where 
you know, how everything works or what every different teacher system is. Like, you guys know how to do this. It's just a different format. Application. It's a different application. It's a different environment. But I want to bounce off of that with one of my big points. And this was something that I told Garrett the night before he started his first job. Your first day, your first week, your first month, maybe even your first couple of months, be prepared to make mistakes because it is expected and it's going to happen. Like Garrett said, it's better to ask those questions first, but ultimately mistakes will be made. Yes. You're learning a new role. It's also like you need to keep in mind getting a new job is a little different than starting in school because when you get a new job, you are information loaded at the <laughs> beginning and you have a lot to memorize all at once. Like even working in like a fast food place, those first few days is a lot because you're learning a new system. You're learning where are the cups? Like you're learning all these different things. It's information overload. So be prepared because you will make mistakes, but it's always what you do to rectify those mistakes that matter more than the error itself. You know, those people, your superiors, they're going to be keeping an eye out to see if you make a mistake, are you going to try to sweep it under the rug and cover it up? Are you going to then ask for help? Are you going to try and troubleshoot and solve it yourself? They're interested to see how you handle that and how you handle that matters, especially what type of job you're in. Like there are certain jobs where making a mistake could be life and death, you know, yeah. certain things like that. So you need to be able to have the ball, like the, the balls, the gut, to own up to a mistake right when it happens and say like, even if you are planning on troubleshooting, in my opinion, especially when you're still in the learning stage, it's better to go to your superior and say, hey, I've made this mistake. I have an idea of how I'm gonna fix it. Maybe tell them your idea, whatever it is. Say, I'm planning on troubleshooting, but I wanted to let you know in case you might have a simpler solution, a better solution. You know, it's these people have been there for a while. They're training you for a reason. You know, every job that I've ever had, if I'm training someone, it's because I've been there for a while. I've already been one of the top, like, performing employees. The person who's training you is training you for a reason. And they should be a safe space for you to ask questions. And if they're not, then look into why, why you feel that way. Maybe this isn't the right job for you if you don't feel like you can talk to people. But no matter what, you will make mistakes and keep going and remind yourself that everyone struggles when they're doing going through something new for the first time and give yourself grace because it's just like school. Like I think back to even high school and stuff like that. The first day, the first week of school was always kind of weird, but I have always been the kid that looks forward to like October, September time when I know like, okay, just a month from now, I'm gonna be in the swing of things and coming to school every day is just gonna be like muscle memory. I won't even think about it anymore. It's nerve wracking at the beginning sometimes but you will get the hang of it. You'll get into the swing of things. So just give yourself grace and give yourself time. I agree. That's one thing that is very relevant. Like when, you, when you're when you at work and all you're hearing is like, you have to ask questions because you don't know what you're doing or you make a mistake and you get overwhelmed to just like not knowing what to do, especially with our personalities. I hate not knowing what to do and asking questions sometimes, but mm -hmm. it's so important because they would rather you ask questions and you're gonna make mistakes like Chloe said, no matter what you're doing, you get so much information that mm -hmm. you will forget things. Like it's human nature and they're expecting it. So don't get down on yourself and keep going. That's a really big thing. And it shows confidence and maturity to be able to go to your supervisor and either ask a question or admit a mistake. 
So that shows growth and you will grow through those mistakes. I mean, mistakes are how you learn in life. That's just a part of life. life. That's a fact of life. So another thing that I wanted to talk about is this is personal for me. Everyone is different here. And it also, it's a different dynamic when you're in like high school and college than it is once you enter a career. In my opinion, I think it's best to keep as much of your personal life and your work life separate. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously, you don't want to be weird. And, like, if someone asks you, like, what are you doing this weekend? Nothing. Why do you want to know? Like, you don't want to be weird about it. But there are different reasons why you want to do this. For one, when you leave work, especially once it becomes a career, and you might be doing the same job for the next 50 years, you want that separation so that when you go home, you are relaxing. You are able to step away from work. You are able to unplug and unwind. Another main reason why I think this is important is because if you become too friendly in the work environment, especially with superiors, it can backfire on you because then they start asking more of you on like a friend level to the point where it's like, well, you can't say no because you're my friend and I've asked you to do this. And it can end up being like, you're called in late or you're called in on extra shifts all the time. You're asked to stay late all the time. And before you know it, you're just like, like, drowning in this you know it's just for me that's how I feel now I'm not saying don't make friends at work I'm not saying don't be friendly and I'm not even saying don't hang out with your work friends outside of work but especially when it comes to your superiors I think you need to be careful about becoming too friendly with superiors because ultimately like they are in a different position than you are but also you need to be careful with becoming friends with coworkers because Things like coworker gossip or like going out to lunch with a coworker to talk about somebody else can really backfire in your face. Don't talk about other people at work. Focus on yourself. What are your thoughts on that, Garrett? Yeah, keep the gossip at a zero. And I something I want to bounce off of is if you're making friends, saying no can be hard, but you mm-hmm. have to at work because people mm-hmm. will take advantage of you and you're not going to get fired for saying no for some stuff. Obviously, someone like asks you to do something that's like a part of your job, do it. But if they're like, if it's outside of your means, like, hey, come in on Saturday night and like finishes up, you can say no. Like if you have other things planned and like if you're scheduled to this point and if you have something come up after, you're not prioritized to stay there, especially if you're at like a salary position or like a If you're adult not on job. call, don't exactly. act like you're on call. And I also, even though I've only been at work for two weeks, when I leave work, I can have no connection with it because I will overthink everything. I have to literally no emails, no thinking about it. I have to disconnect. And it's nothing to do with the job. It's just, I need my time or you'll get drained out. You'll run out. Mm-hmm. Like you have to take time for yourself and separate it from work. Like when you come home from work, of course, tell whoever you want to talk to about your day, but end it there. Don't make your whole yeah. life surrounding work. Don't be worried about, oh, what am I going to do tomorrow? Are they going to be mad at me? No. Because guess Deal what? Deal with you... it tomorrow when you get there. When you're starting to get paid again. If you're off the clock, <laughs> babes, you can't stress about it or you'll literally drain yourself dry and you won't be able to handle it. Yes, definitely. And yeah, I mean, ultimately I'm not saying don't make friends at work. Just be careful. Keep an eye on the balance. If things start to make your boundaries, if things start to feel unbalanced, analyze it, look into it, question like what is going on here? What am I not getting right? And move on from there, you know, troubleshoot then. But also keep in mind that like 
no matter what is going on in your professional life, there will always be other work that needs to be done at home. So if you're coming home and you're so preoccupied with work from your nine to five, then all of a sudden the work on your relationship is lacking. The work on your house is lacking. The work on yourself is lacking. Like you need to separate it so that you can still get your chores done, get your workout in, get your self-care time in, spend time, meaningful time with your partner, things like that. It is, it's a balancing act. A lot of people, a lot of really successful people have gotten it wrong. A lot of people get to a certain point in their life and they're like, yeah, I have millions of dollars, but I don't have a family anymore. So I'm really not doing well, actually. So you just have to be careful about that. If you want work to be your life, that's fine. But just know that there will come a time where you'll slip into a specific like flow and suddenly work will be your life. And once it's there, it's really hard to get out of. You know, yeah. it's hard to backtrack. It's hard to go back. So just be very careful, be vigilant. And there are certain jobs and certain positions out there where alcohol becomes part of the mix. But be very, very careful about that. Classy. Like, don't get hammered at work, guys. Like, if like, it, or like, yeah. or if you're going out to the bar or like coat like a lunch, don't get alcohol unless like read the room like one maybe half finish halfway and like call it a day. Like, don't yes read the room, please. Know guys. your limits. And even if you're with a superior, like that can be a test too. Like if you're with a superior and they're asking if you want to drink whatever, you might be the thirstiest you've ever been in your life, but get that water instead. Yeah. You want to be sharp. You want to be on top of your game. You don't want to look like sloshy to everybody else. You don't want anyone else in the office talking about like that girl, Chloe, is drinking every chance she gets because the most embarrassing moment of your life will be being called into your superior's office and them saying, so I heard you had a little too much to drink during this meeting and you basically fucked it all up and we're gonna have to let you go because we can't have someone working for us who can't be professional and be in control of their faculties. So keep that in mind and drink on the weekends drink when you get home drink as many coffees as you want when you get off of work i don't care i mean don't become an alcoholic but work and life separate yes and on top of that before we leave that um conversation of course be respectful don't drink at work do all that kind of stuff but also keep in mind guys that you're gonna need these people one day so don't be dicks because mm -hmm. the next job you have if you have a big gap in your resume where you work there because you have no references or any friends, that's going to be bad. So don't go in there, especially if this is like an adult job, don't go in there sassy, mouthing, because at the end of the day, if you don't even like these people, you have to be nice because one, they're paying you, but second, you're going to need them one day. Like don't burn any bridges because this might be a network that will come back to bite you later on and be professional like Garrett's saying. And there's a difference too between like, so I want to talk about a personal experience really quick. So there's a difference between like being nasty or being confident and standing up for what you deserve and doing it in a professional way. And there was a time where I was working a job where they were expecting me to basically do three or four job titles, like literally do three or four people's work for one wage. And I had a meeting with my boss who was a part owner of the company and my manager basically. And I said, look, I'm happy to do all three or four of these roles, but I want separate compensation for each role because you're asking me to do something that four separate people could be doing. 
And this manager, this boss, this owner had never heard me sort of speak up for myself before. She was very surprised that someone right out of college could even have these like thoughts. And she was like, you're being very confrontational. And I said, I'm not being confrontational. I'm trying to talk about my wages because at the end of the day, this is why I'm working. I'm working to make money. It matters to me how much I'm making. If I can't even afford the drive to get to this job and you want me to take on additional roles, then this is not benefiting me. It's only benefiting you. You have to be professional about these things, but sometimes like she thought I was being confrontational. Maybe it was necessary. You know, I don't feel that I was being confrontational. I feel that I was running a business meeting in that moment. But the reason I want to talk about that specific situation is because she took it as me being confrontational, I quit that day because the meeting just did not go well and I was not getting what I needed. And so I was like, well, this isn't serving me anymore and I'm not going to serve you for free. So this is going to be the end. I'm putting in my two weeks notice right now. But this person has a lot of connections in that town. This was in Savannah, Georgia, which is a small town. And she knows literally everyone in savannah georgia now i never applied for another job in savannah georgia because i knew i was going to be moving anyways but my the point of this whole story is if i would have tried to get another job in a similar market in savannah it might have been very hard for me because of that experience so there's a difference between being confident and being confrontational you were just standing up for yourself which you have to do because like i just said there's boundaries that need to be in place or you will be taken advantage of so that makes sense but it's different when people are just like, nah, fuck this, I'm leaving. And I like, just like leave mm-hmm. like no two week notice. Like that's like, it's just, there's a level of professional, but also don't get walked over. So there's a fine yeah. line. It's a fine line. And like you said, people have different levels of what they take to be confrontational versus just standing up for yourself. So keep that right. in mind, but just don't let people walk all over you. And I mean, I have no idea whether this person actually did go and talk to other people about me or or not. And like I said, I didn't go and try to apply for any other jobs in Savannah because that was a commute for me. That was a big part of the problem in the first place. However, there's always that possibility. And like I just said, when I was telling that story, I told her in that moment, in that meeting, like I'm putting in my two weeks, well, Georgia's an at-will state. So if I would have wanted to, I could have said, you know, like Garrett said, fuck this, I'm leaving, I'm walking out right now, I'm grabbing my shit and I'm going. But me staying to do those last two weeks and being friendly to everybody and being, you know, still doing my job, still working hard, that might have been the one thing that would make her be like, maybe I won't talk about her. Like maybe, you know, it. you still have to try to be professional, even though I had the choice that if I wanted to walk out that day, I could have. I stayed for those last two weeks. Is it awkward? Yeah, it's a little awkward. But if I leave that day, then all of my coworkers are going to have to share my workload as well. And I'm putting them in a bad position and they're not the people ripping me off and not paying me what I deserve. They don't deserve that. So that comes with a level of decorum. Like you just have to sort of learn what kind of an employee you want to be, what kind of a person you are and where do your personal values lie? Because I'm not saying that it's wrong if you live in an at-will state to leave day of. And I have done that before when there have been like, certain actions or inappropriate situations and I've just said I'm leaving and you will never see me again like I'm not coming back for this and what we might get into that later because that's a whole nother conversation especially for like young women working in the workplace with male bosses male professionals so we'll get into that a whole nother day but 
if you are ever feeling unsafe or uncomfortable or like truly, truly like every fiber of your being is saying, get out of here, then go. But if you can stay the last two weeks, do it because that shows a level of professionalism. It goes a long way and it gives you time to find something else. Exactly. I also want to talk about this kind of goes a little bit back to the interviewing stage, but also the first few weeks. Don't put too much focus on other employees or candidates. Unless you're getting like bad feelings, listen to your gut, but don't compare yourself to other people. Focus on you and what you have to offer because you never know if they might be specifically looking for someone different to shake up their team, to, to add a certain something to their level. So what I mean by that is, you know, don't look around in the office and realize everyone else is acting the certain way, but that's not you. Keep, keep that in the back of your mind, but still be yourself through the interview process because they might specifically be looking for someone to offer something different. But also, you know, you can go home after that interview and be like, damn, everyone in that office was like a freaking zombie. Like no one had any personality. No one that might go into your decision of this place really isn't for me. But what I mean is just don't compare yourself to other people. Like I went to school for like an artistic um, major and so did Garrett. And in certain fields like that, it can be very easy to look around and be like, oh, my gosh, everyone is so talented everyone is so like good at what they do they're so advanced they're so much farther than me well they might have been there for 10 years don't compare yourself to that look at that and be like that's a goal of mine to get there these people might be able to help me get there but I still have my unique specific style that I can add and that might be just what those people are looking for exactly that's great advice I 100% agree with that Especially the school topic, like don't compare yourself because then you're going to start trying to change yourself and change what makes you authentic in yourself. So I think that's really good advice. Yes. yes. And so I know I've been talking a lot, but the last little main piece of advice that I want to give that goes towards your first week or your interview or whatever it might be. It's normal to feel nervous and like expect to feel jittery and nervous. That's it's of course, like it's, it's an unnatural kind of situation. It really is. Like you're basically walking up to someone and saying, judge me Yeah. in a certain yeah. way. Try some grounding techniques or calming techniques the night before or the morning of that can help you. Different things that you know help yourself. Like if you need to just read a book to get out of that headspace, then do that. If you need to take a bath or take a walk or a run or a hike or whatever it might be that works for you, take that time for yourself so that you can be in the right headspace once you get there. And also, you can prepare yourself by like driving by or checking out the physical location of the job or the interview the day or the week before so that you won't have any surprises day of like, oh my God, I can't find this building. Like my directions told me to come here and it's not here. Or I have no idea where I'm gonna park or something like that. If you're like Gary and I, like we're Capricorn, so we want everything to be perfect and go according to plan go and check it out the day before or the week before because you don't want any surprises morning of. And another thing for that is like, if you're in a new area like I am, maybe you should check out, like wake up at the time you would be waking up for work and try to drive there and see, okay, it's a 30 minute drive, but at seven in the morning on a Monday, it's an hour and a half long drive because of traffic. You do not want to be late on your first day or late to an interview or something like that. Yeah, you just got to be on the lookout for those little things, especially 
if you are commuting, that's really important to like make that drive and just be prepared for the worst, especially the first day, like be prepared for everything. <laughs> yeah, and like when I was working at that factory that I mentioned, when you Google the address, like nothing even comes up, but it's like an old building under a bridge. It doesn't have like any Google stuff. So I drove there the day or the week before or something like that to check it out. If I hadn't done that, I would have been lost and screwed because I would have driven past this like old decrepit train station looking building and thought there's an abandoned building. Let me keep looking. So it it really can be your best friend to be prepared. And you really if especially if you care about the opportunity and you care about the position, prepare yourself so that you have all the tools in your tool belt that you need to be your best on your first day or your interview or whatever it might be. But Ultimately, we just hope that you guys enjoy the experience, learn from it. Like Garrett has said many times, and I've said, we've applied for a lot of jobs. We've interviewed for a lot of jobs. A lot of them, nothing has come from it. But instead of just like crumpling up and tossing it in the garbage, we're learning from it. We're gaining confidence to go and do better in our next interview. There are going to be interviews that go badly. There are going to be times when someone will ask you a question that you were just flat out weren't expecting. And yeah. you're like, um, and you have like a brain freeze, like that happens. Yeah. But it, but it's learning how to handle that and learning how to bounce back. And you want to be careful. Like if someone's asking you a question, you want to make sure that your answer answers the question and doesn't just like go around it. Cause they'll notice, you know, so just practice, be prepared. If you want to practice with your partner or your mom or your friend or whoever, like do it. There are so many resources available to us these days. There are TikTok accounts that specifically talk about this kind of stuff. There are professionals whose job is to help other young professionals learn how to do this. There are TED Talks, there are YouTube videos, all kinds of things. And if you're specifically nervous or not an extroverted person, not very confident when it comes to talking to other people like this, do what you can to help yourself because ultimately you are going to have to talk to strangers. You're going to have to talk to other people. You're going to have to learn how to do it. Even if you're applying for a job, in like IT and you're the most antisocial person in the world and you just specifically want a job where you're in an office by yourself for the rest of your life doing your own work to get there you're going to have to talk to somebody yeah so very true and I want to just touch on that before we end off and just say you're gonna learn so much if over anything just be prepared to learn and absorb as much information as you can because if anything it's a stepping stone to get you where you want to be so everyone around you has something to offer learn soak it all up and yeah just enjoy the experience because it's hard to get a job so once you have it just take it in and enjoy it because yes. it's a ride and keep in mind like with Garrett when he was going through I remember specifically him calling me or something one day and being like man, this sucks because I'm getting turned down for jobs that I didn't even want, but I applied for. That's going to happen. And it's probably because the universe knows that job isn't right for you. And or, you know, there's also a situation where someone can look at your resume and decline you because you are simply overqualified. That yeah. can happen too. So even if you're applying, like, even if you have a college degree and you're like, God, I just need a job. This happened to me. I had a college degree. I just needed a job to get some money to be able to move out of state to continue my real career life. I applied to Panda Express and got declined. It's not because I don't have the know-how to work at Panda Express. It's not because I couldn't do the job. In fact, I actually have fast food experience like in my resume for that job, 
However, they saw that I just graduated for a fashion design degree. They know that I'm not going to be there for very long. They know that this is a stepping stone for me. And they're looking for someone who's younger, who can stay there longer, who's got nothing else going on, basically, so that they can have an employee. So just keep that in mind, too. And everything happens for a reason. And we wish all of our besties the best of luck out there. If anyone wants to work for our multimedia company, just reach out to us. Let us know. We're hiring. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we have something really special, and I cannot wait to go over it and for you guys to hear about it. So stay tuned. And we love you so much, guys. The most. The most. If you guys have any tips, tricks, questions, other things you want us to talk about regarding this topic, send us that, that message on Instagram. We'd love to get into it. And anytime you have a question about a previous episode, something like that, ask it because we will bring it up in a future episode. We will cover it. We will talk about it. We, we want to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. So all of the feedback that you guys give us ultimately helps the podcast become more tailored for you. And that's exactly. what we want. Let us know what you like. And like I said, we have some really big, exciting stuff coming up specifically in the next three weeks, the next three podcasts are going to be top notch. So be sure to tune back in and please follow us on Instagram at EFBF podcast, where we upload all the behind the scenes content. And when we upload new episodes, so follow us over there and follow us on TikTok at EFBF podcast as well, where we are going to start uploading behind the scenes content and maybe some photo shoot stuff behind the scenes, yada, yada, yada. Stay tuned. Yep. And we are available on Spotify and Amazon music. Don't forget to download, rate and subscribe. But if you don't have anything nice to say, please don't say anything at all. We're all just trying to build each other up here. So We love you guys for listening so much, and we wish you all the best of luck in any future endeavors you might have, especially if it's coming down to you getting that job, because babes, you're gonna get it, and you're gonna rock it. We're manifesting it for you, good energy, all at you, okay? We're sending it literally into the microphone right now. That was was us transferring it to you. So we love you for listening, and we'll see you next episode. Goodbye! Boing, boing, boing. Mm-hmm.